as this is the first time we're meeting all of these characters and these, well, I would say wonderful people, but we know that they are not, for they are monsters, and this is the world of darkness. So we're going to start in our lovely city of Springfield. We will start off here in early, mid-October. So tell me a little bit about what the mid-early evening of Arthur looks like. Arthur Sobchak is perhaps one of the sexiest examples of a Nosferatu you've ever seen. His skin is pallid white. It is pulled tight against his skull. His ears and his nose are elongated. He has a mouth full of sharp but terrifying-looking teeth. He doesn't have any bulging veins or anything like that. His eyes look kind of roomy, but he doesn't have any issues with seeing because, you know, he's a vampire. And he does walk with a bit of a hunch. He's not a full hunchback like you would expect a ghoul to be. But he slouches a lot because that is part of what he does at night. He slouches around. He looks at his security systems. He sees what he's gotten on his recordings and on his voicemail throughout the day. People calling into his tip line for his podcast show. And then he decides what's worth pursuing, what's worth just kind of leaving alone, and, you know, what's what's worth kind of talking about when he uh, starts walking the streets of Springfield at night. So when he walks the streets, is he doing it invisibly? Most nights, yes, he is. He does take special care to see how busy things are, and he will dress in the normal Nosferatu street style. Big hoodies, hooded cloaks, you know, occasionally as a lark, somebody on his podcast show, one of his listeners sent him uh, an LED mask. But honestly, all that stuff just kind of messes with his sight. So he will walk around huddled up in his big hoodie and his coveralls. And then if there are a lot of people nearby, then he'll duck into a side alley, and then he will go Nosferatu invisible. And then he will try and fight off the hunger for just a little while longer. Well, unfortunately for you, sir, you get a little hungrier. That gnawing, incessant voice in the back of your head, but it's more likely down somewhere in your heart and stomach areas, just asking you. Just find somebody you know, just just that guy over there. Just go ahead, get get him. Get something to eat. Are you insane? Of course you're insane. You are a part of me and I am insane. No. We will take our time. You know how it is. If I start eating, I have to keep eating. And while you are happy, everybody else is unhappy. So if you want to keep eating, I don't eat today. Was he going to meet anywhere specific or just doing the Nosferatu thing of being around and something interesting will eventually happen somewhere and then all of a sudden it's information for the Nos network. That depends largely on the domain that they're in. 
Arthur likes to check up on his surveillance systems, on his bugs. If he's got some extra ones, which he usually does, he may work to extend the network if anything new has come into the area. Like, you know, a new office building opens up, he might throw some bugs and some stuff in the HVAC system. So when it comes to whatever they're doing, he has a general idea, and then he can go in and snoop a little more seriously and break into computers, set up keyloggers, that type of thing. Just absorb the information so he's got an archive of dirt when push comes to shove he can pull on. I guess this is as good a time as any to talk a little bit about your domain, or specifically Baron Walter's domain that you are all allowed to be in. You guys are way down here in the South Springfield area. It's more of an underdeveloped slash slummy area. Some might say back in the 80s, it was a really happening place. It was radical. The main, let's call it, attraction point down here was the Lower Springfield Mall, which has sadly been closed down for several years now. Are you sticking to your domain tonight, or were you trying to get someplace else to look at stuff? Arthur is going to range the borders of the domain, and if there's anything of interest, he will cross over in order to start setting up an extension to the network. Otherwise, it depends on other domains that are nearby, and if he gets hungrier, then yeah, he's probably going to cross the line. Do you want to give me a... What's an awareness? Or investigation. One of the things that you will notice that has changed since the last time you walked down in this area is that there is a building that has recently been acquired. You'd have to look to see if it was bought or donated or some other method of acquisition. There's a new signage across the side of it that says that it's going to be used for a community outreach program. And there's a big picture of a gentleman on there. He's an older guy in his 50s. He's wearing like a hip with the kids priest get up, like something that's more relaxed, something more casual, something more 2015-ish. He's got his name on there, his father, Todd. He's got a big smile on his face. And they are going to be turning this building into a youth community center. Well, well, well. I do not like the clergy. They leave a funny taste in my mouth, but now would be the time to bug the building before they are finished. You want to try and get in there? You know, I am a creature of the night that has a fairly decent specialization into breaking and entering. I, I think I do, yes. You want to go ahead and roll that real quick? Certainly, there are there are always places in order to plant a listening or a surveillance device. There's nobody in here at this time. This building was previously abandoned. And as you spend probably an hour or so going around this, you will also see that there is evidence of homeless people having been here, but most likely have gotten chased out recently from fancy people coming through, putting up a new sign and that kind of deal. But this will take you 
a little bit of time to go all over and stick stuff in places. Switching over to Missy, what is Missy up to? Who is Missy? What does she look like? Missy appears as a a 16-year-old goth punk girl. Definitely looks like she shoplifts at Hot Topic. Shorter, petite, black hair, but usually pieces of it are uh, poorly dyed. Brighter colors today, it's uh, purple. And right now, it's the early evening. She'll usually start hanging out with uh, some other street kids under a highway overpass where they can hang out, trash barrel burning since it's starting to get a little colder. Music playing, graffiti everywhere, just kids hanging out, being kids. She kind of sits off to the edge of it a little bit, a little more in the shadows watching other people. She'll talk to some people. Most of the time you see her talking to herself more than anybody else. How does she feel about the fire? Well, that's why she stays pretty far away on the edge. Let them stay closer to that. People just think she's either shy or just really trying to play more emo. People leave her alone. She's kind of a fixture around there. Nobody ever really says boo to her. Did you have plans for this evening? No, just basically just hanging out, waiting and seeing who shows up. And, you know, if uh, sometimes you have these these poser kids that come in that are like middle class families, not in this area of town, wander in thinking they're going to live the this uh, street Thug life, those guys are fun to uh, watch when they come in. And since they wandered in to the domain she's in, if she decides, if she has to feed, they they sometimes are good ones to to choose. Are you just casual conversation, that kind of thing? Missy went and saw a movie earlier today, and she's been having an argument with one of her friends about the meaning of the movie because her friend is not getting it and she's tired of explaining it. And so they've been in a fight all day. So she's a little disgruntled. What kind of movie was it? That foreign one. She keeps trying to tell him that he's missing the point. The rich people were the parasites, not the poor people. But her friend keeps saying, no, 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 you don't understand. The poor people were, they were, it's like he only ever wants to see like the, the most top level idea of a movie. He never thinks deeper. And is this one of your close friends? One of your... This is my friend who's been with me for years. This is a very one-sided conversation that you're having. There is interaction. If you sit and were to watch her, you would see her having uh, an argument with someone. I will skip on over to Jimmy then. Jimmy, sir. So, Jimmy is hanging out with some of the other punks at the mall. Everyone knows at the mall that once Jimmy wakes up, there has to be at least an hour of 80s music. So right now, it's We're Not Gonna Take It by Twisted Sisters. He's uh, 
had to rifle through his pack of uh, cassette tapes to put that in to play on the boombox that's in the cafeteria of the mall, or the old cafeteria. All the stores are closed there. He hasn't seen Lady Fina yet today, and that is a nightly ritual of his, where one of the first things he does is goes, gets his fortune told. So he uh, puts on the music, and when he comes back, he expects it to be back still on. And then, but he's going to head over to go see Lady Fina. Going through this mall, Madame Fina's is, let's call it what it is. It's a, it's a hippie store that sells things like crystals and incense and that kind of stuff. And she does some fortune telling. So coming into Madame Fina's shop, you will see that she is coming out from behind the counter. She is expecting you as always, as this is one of your more consistent habits. She is about six foot tall, broad of shoulder. A little bit of that Miss Cleo look. So we're talking like head wrap, we're talking colorful scarves, and she comes around the corner, gives you a little bit of a hug, and starts guiding you towards the little table with the crystal ball and the little tablecloth and the deck of cards and stuff on it. Jimmy, Jimmy, it's uh, excited to see you this evening. I've had a little bit of a an inspiration. Oh, yeah? You're looking uh, bodacious as usual, Lady Fina. Sit, sit. I can feel something, something coming. Sweet. Starts to do the whole tarot thing, which I know basically nothing about but you cut the deck and the card of importance that shows up tonight is the magician this one has like a leopard on it with some of the spots that are intertwined with each other in a infinity symbol there's a little chalice and a pentagram and sun rays and the like she starts telling you a bit about the magician which maybe from the little bit that i'm reading here may not have been something that Jimmy has had come his way in a little while. That when the magician appears in the tarot is the sign that you have all of the skills and abilities you need to be successful. The universe is aligning to bring positive changes your way, and it shows that you must use your intellect, concentration, and willpower to make things happen. Well, that's pretty cool. So uh, it's going to be a good day is what you're saying? Well, it's going to be a good night. And she will lean one shoulder up onto the thing and kind of slant to the side. Is there something special you've been working on? Later tonight, I did have plans to go to uh, the karaoke bar because I've been working on a uh, working on uh, a tune. I've been uh, practicing. What song might that be, Hanson? Well, you know, uh, you, you know Bon Jovi. You give love a bad name. Uh, get my practice on it. Well, I have a feeling that what's coming your way might get to you before that. Oh yeah, yeah. I've had a had a good feeling about this tonight, and then the cards just went ahead and made it official. The woman who's very important to you is going to be stepping into your life tonight. Well, that's pretty awesome. Well, I'm pretty stoked to find out what happens. I bet I bet it's going to be a call from uh, certain someone I've been thinking about. 
So, Madam Fina will, well, I wouldn't want to keep you from some special lady if it's not me. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, uh, I'm just, yeah, I'm looking forward to meeting, seeing her again. It's been, uh, a couple of weeks, I think, since I've seen her last. And, you know, you're my, my reliable daily, daily, uh, friend. Well, I'm just glad that this time I give you good news. Yes, unlike last night. Although nothing really came of that. Hmm. The cards giveth and the cards taketh awayeth. Well, you're you're the professional. Anyway, I should probably get going. Yeah, she just gives you a big smile. Yeah, I think your uh, your meeting might already be here. Looking out the front of Madame Fina's little shop here, you're going to see somebody who is very near and dear to you. She's standing down in front of the food court on the outside as though she has an idea of your habits and your nightly routine. So Jimmy will stand up. He'll look over, see see that she's there, and take a short... I'm picturing like a short skip and a hop towards Carol. Big smile on his face. Hey, Carol! It's been a while. How you doing? Jimmy... What does Carol look like? So she's an African-American woman uh, with big, frizzy hair. And she has, uh, I think it would be said, brown eyes. She looks to be in her late 20s, early 30s. She has a love for the street and wears typically more of uh, very fashionable clothing that is still like street-savvy-ish, but... It is more modern than the 80s style that Jimmy goes for. I believe the description we used was the most beautiful chocolate brown eyes. That's right. Most beautiful chocolate brown eyes. She gives you a bit of a smile and pokes at your chest with your exposed chest hair. Did we ever do a physical description of Jimmy? I don't think so. All right. Let's have it. Let's. Good old Jimmy. He is wearing a denim vest. It was previously a jacket that had the sleeves ripped off. He keeps it buttoned up only halfway. And then he usually will wear uh, denim pants, but sometimes he'll also wear leather instead. He tries to change that up a little bit. And he always wears, or almost always, sometimes he has to dress a little differently, but he always wears two studded leather belts. He also wears like leather bracers on his wrists usually just because he thinks they look cool. The one on his left arm is also usually studded on his right bicep. He has a tattoo of like a chain links and then a lock hanging from it. He has a light brown hair that is amazingly always Poofy 80s hair. That's the best way to explain it. He has a strong jawline and is relatively muscular. A larger build. And he has his left ear pierced. Does he just wear like a little diamond stud? Probably like fake diamond because... Because he's broke. He's broke, yeah. That's, uh, yeah, that's Jimmy. 
She's like, so what are you uh what are you doing tonight? Well, I did get some interesting news about um uh, a good friend is visiting, planning on visiting me tonight. So I was thinking of maybe uh maybe hanging out with her. Well, what a coincidence. I had something I wanted to talk to you about anyway. Oh, yeah, what's that? She'll nod her head in a direction and you guys will start walking off towards a a less populated area of the mall because there's still a couple of other, like there's your crew that hang out here. There are a couple of other nearly homeless or homeless people or squatters that hang around. I imagine it's all people that Jimmy at least sort of knows, if not interacts with regularly. Yeah, probably knows everyone that hangs around here. Although there'll probably be fresh faces now and again. Yeah. He'll usually introduce himself. As you're walking, she produces a business card and hands it to you. Wow, how formal of you. The business card you will notice is for a lower Springfield private storage place. The the kind of place where you can go and you can rent out basically garages. Oh, okay. So it's not your uh, contact information? Okay. How about... uh... Well, if you ever used a more modern phone, Jimmy, you would already have it. Why would I use a phone? I mean, I got... I got... So you have a pager? So you have, like, the only pager in the city? Yes, he has a pager and he gets text messages to it. Yes. Well, the more interesting part is I heard about something that is located in one of the storage units there that I would very much like to have. Oh, you mean you want me there so you can have me? <laughs> no, Jimmy, I can I can have you wherever and whenever. Yes, uh, that's true. Yeah. No, this is a uh, it's a painting that some mostly unknown artist has done. But I found out that it is in storage in somebody's collection that, well, if it went missing, they would never know. Cool, yeah. I'll, uh, yeah, I'll go, yeah, I can pick that up. That's not a problem. Is there anything I need to be worried about? Like, oh, well, they're, they're not exactly going to be giving it to you. They don't know that it's about to be, uh, let's say, picked up. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need someone with some, uh, uh, what are they called? Those clipper thingies. Wire cutters? No, bolt cutters. You need someone with some bolt cutters to just bolt it open, take the lock off, walk in, get what we need. Yeah, you got a Polaroid of the picture or something, so I know what to, what to pick up. If you get just flip the card over, Jimmy, it'll have a name on it. Oh, sweet. And it has the name of Caroline C. Davis on the back. That's the person who has the painting that I'm looking for. And the paintings of a landscape, but it prominently features it's red and like a kind of a purpley red with some big purpley leaves on it and the flowers, the little pieces on the stem look like, kind of like baby corn. It has leaves like rhubarb leaves? 
Mm-hmm. It looks kind of like um, it grows in the same way that heather grows, but it is more of a reddishy purple as opposed to a purpley purple. That's the painting that I'm looking for. Rad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can uh, painting of red flower thing owned by Caroline C. Davis. Yeah. I'll probably need to get some uh, some help from some of, uh, some of my friends, but uh, yeah, I can get that for you. I would appreciate it, Jimmy, and I know that your friends are, well, they're just good friends, and I'm sure they would be happy to help. Yeah, they would. But you know, you know the usual price when you need a when you have a job for me. You know what it is, right? Of course I do. And she grabs you by the two sides of your vest and pulls you in and gives you a big kiss. Hmm. Perfection. Thank you. I'll uh I'll give you a shout when I uh when I get it. Thank you, Jimmy. No, thank you. Gives you a little wave like individually manipulating her fingers as you head off. So Jimmy has, um, he has a friend here at the mall. Good old Sal. At the pawn shop. Yeah. See, he's one of the few people here who have a working landline. So Jimmy needs to use a landline because the pay phones don't work. Why did they take them offline? Yeah, and they they literally pulled them off the walls. We were using them, and then they just whatever. I want to say that Sal has this phone, but he is one of the people that all kinds of weird and esoteric things come through his little pawn shop, and he actually has a payphone set up. It's not a payphone, but it's like a landline that functions. Maybe even, do you think he has like a little phone booth set up for it, or you think he just has it? Oh yeah, for sure, and it requires a nickel to use. Because it's authentic. Exactly. So big smile, lots of energy. Shirt, tie, by the time you get to him, since you come to a night, the tie has been loosened up and pulled to the side. Late 30s, Caucasian gentleman. As you come in, he's like, Jimmy, my boy. Happy to see you. I got just the thing. And he starts to root around in his various wares, we'll say. Well, Lady Fina said it was going to be my day, and everything's everything is going my way. So, yeah, shoot, what is it? You'll hear the sound of him struggling with a... And he, he will strain himself to put a piece of a car on the counter. He has the mechanic specialty, so do I roll? Sure. Somebody, uh, somebody sold some vintage car parts earlier, and think this will work for your your little personal project here. And I picked it up at just the right price. Oh no, that that is totally. Mm, that is tubular, man. Dude, that's how much. How much for it? You guys will get into a little negotiation before it comes to the fact that you don't really have money. It's like, well, uh, if you come across some stuff for trade, maybe we could work something out. 
don't imagine it's going to go much anywhere. Yeah, look, I got, uh, I know someone who's trying to get rid of something, so I'll, uh, I'll bring it here to you and, uh, we'll see how much you can exchange for. Yeah, we'll see what we can work out on. We can always work out a deal, Jimmy. I know you're good for it. And trust me, with as much as that thing weighs, it ain't going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that'll be great. I can't wait to get my, get my ride fixed. Can't wait for it too. I can't wait to see it. I'll be back tomorrow night with uh, the, the stuff that I'm, uh, that my friend wants to get rid of. Great. I will, uh, and he'll look at it and he'll look down behind the counter. I'll just leave it right there. All right. Anyway, I came in to use the, the phone, so, uh. Yeah, yeah, you know the deal. Yeah, he pulls out a nickel, goes up to the payphone and puts it in. And he dials for art. Actually, should, should Jimmy have like a pocket book with all his numbers? Uh, a little black book? Yeah, that he carries around with him. He goes through it, goes to art. Punches it into the payphone. Calls up good old Art. Art's got a ringtone for the pawn shop. It is Pour Some Sugar on Me by Def Leppard. The question I have, is it for the pawn shop, or is it because this is where Jimmy always calls you from? This is where Jimmy always calls me from. Exactly. No matter how many times I try to give him a cellular phone, he always loses the phone or he trades it in for another car part. Hey, Art. How you doing? I am currently upside down in a um, in an air vent. What would you like to talk about today? Well, I got... Uh, I need a favor from you. A favor? Yeah, yeah. Jimmy will pull out the business card. Have you heard of Lower Springfield Storage? Seems like the place that you might hang out. Da, it is a storage unit, yes. I, I have heard of many such places. Right, so um, there's a storage unit there owned by someone called Caroline Davis. Yeah, and I need to get something from that one. But I don't know where that unit is and stuff. So, like, I need your help finding which one. So you need to find a storage unit rented by one Caroline Davis at the South Springfield self-storage. Yeah. You, you can do that sort of thing? Now, of course, of course I can do such things. Uh, let, let me see what I can find. I would ask if you're going to be at this number, but I know you're going to be at this number. I, I will come find you once I have the information. Well, I was going to start heading over there after I call Missy to meet us there, too, because she's going to pick in locks and whatnot. Oh, well. Then I will meet you there. Rad, man. I'll see you there. Uh, da. Those Vidanya. Jimmy hangs up, takes out his call number book. Does he have two? Sure, he has a little black book for all the vampire stuff, and then he has a red book for the dates. He goes through the book, goes to Missy, types it in, 
Calling up Missy. Ring, ring. Hey. Hey, Missy. This is Jimmy. Hey, Jimbo. What's going on? I, uh, I got a thing to do. I need a favor. Not a kindred kind of favor, just a, hey, we're buds and help me out. Always willing to help you out, Jimbo. What is it? There's this place, I'm not sure if you heard of it, uh, Lower Springfield's Storage. Um, anyway, there's something from one of those that I need to get to. So I was wondering if you could uh, meet me there and we'll uh, get what we need. I mean, mm-hmm. I figure what I need is a little valuable. So there might be other valuables in there that uh, could be of use to you for selling. Hmm. Meh. May as well. I could use the extra money. Rad. Yeah. Alright, I'll meet you there in a bit. No, I'm sure I'll find it. Yeah. It's that, uh... Yeah, it reads off the address and everything else that would be on the card. Jimbo, you you really ought to get... You, you should probably keep one of those phones that Art gives you. But, I mean, Sal buys them for like a hundred bucks. Why wouldn't I just get a hundred bucks? Art's gonna be all kinds of pissed he finds out you do that. But I don't care. How else am I supposed to get money? Hey, I, I want the IROC running too. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, alright, alright. I'll be heading over. Cool, cool. See you there. Jimmy walks out of the phone booth, says, Hey, Sal, I'll, uh, I'll see you tomorrow night. I'm heading out. He just kind of waves and rests his one arm on the big piece of car that's there. He walks back to the cafeteria. On the boombox is Smooth Criminal, which he remembers is the last song on his tape for the uh, two-hour playlist. And it's kind of fitting for what he's about to do. All right, dudes, I'm, uh... I'm heading out for the night. I'll uh be back later. Waves away. They stop their conversation. They're like, "All right, Jimmy, we'll uh, we'll hold down the fort." Rad man, thanks. For reference here, is actually not in your domain of the little area that you have here under Baron Walter. It's actually over in the Prince's domain, which you guys will know that. Really shouldn't get caught doing stuff outside of your domain. I mean, Carol's the harpy, so... Uh-huh. Clearly, I just got permission from someone in the Camarilla, yeah. And you guys were meeting up someplace nearby there, I'm sure. Yeah, just out front. I believe he said to meet him at the storage place. So she's going to the storage place. Yeah, Jimmy's going to go, like, look through the front door. See if anyone's there. Missy knows how to hide herself and, and stay unseen. Oh, Jimmy's great at that, too. Mm. <sighs> and meanwhile, I have made it an art. Arthur and Jimmy, how do you guys plan on getting there? 
because I know that Missy has a friend who does a lot of Ubering. Mm-hmm. I'm Ubered. Jimmy's not very proud of this. He rides his bike. He was an 80s kid and rode his bike everywhere. But as a grown-ass man, he should be driving his car. Well, his car is currently being worked on, so... Yeah, so you gotta do what you gotta do. Arthur, how are you? Are you walking, or are you... How far away am I from this place? You were at least, like, out and about, so you could probably walk there before Jimmy gets there by bike. Uh, which is what I will probably do. I do have the resources in order to have a vehicle, but I don't. So Missy and Arthur, will, Missy will probably get there first because she can have her buddy drive you. But shortly after that, Arthur will arrive. Missy, are you trying to stay hidden or are you just kind of loitering like a punk kid? Loitering. Sometimes hiding out in the open is the best kind of hiding. Nobody's going to mess with her. Punk kid, just standing around loitering. Arthur, as you approach, you will see Missy is just kind of loitering as she is prone to do. Well, that makes her easy to find. It does. Arthur will sidle up. He'll stage whisper near Missy's ear. I have procured for you something. So, look at his face. She will look at where the voice came from. If you wanted to activate your Sense the Unseen. I'll activate that to make sure it's my my red friend. So it is. And uh, say what? What's that? She obviously doesn't believe that he has anything for her. You know, I I did see that you had a very nice cellular phone. It is the flip phone. I remember it well. I have found something for it that will interface with it, and you can talk to it without having to speak on the phone. He will reach into a pocket and pull out a small box, and inside is a Bluetooth headset that you can just fit right over the ear. Oh. So I put it in my ear and I can use my phone. I don't have to use, I don't have to talk. Yes. Hmm. You know, all the kids around town are using it these days. Just kind of shrugs. Thanks. (laughs) You are welcome. Did you get Jimbo one? Well, the thing about that is I have given him a number of cellular phones and he never uses them. In fact, every time I use the Find My Phone application upon the internet, I find it in Sal's shop every time. Hmm. I know, it is the strangest thing. Uh, Jimbo probably just Forgets him there. Uh, Yes, he is very forgetful. She kind of laughs to herself because she knows the truth. (laughs) Do you guys want to do anything while you're waiting for Jimbo or just have Jimbo arrive? Let's case this place. Mm -hmm. All right. How are you guys going to go about casing it? I'm invisible. How do you think I'm going to case it? Just kind of walk around, take a look. I could do unseen passage. 
Yeah, you also want to go invisible? Yeah. Art, you will notice that Missy slowly fades from view, as if she was fading from a picture. One day, Art is going to teach her how the last thing that disappears is her smile. The good news is, is there's nobody really paying much attention at the moment. There's some passive security, which Art is, thankfully, pretty impervious to. But I will ask for Missy to roll a stealth roll. I will ask for Arthur to to roll a wits plus awareness with an extra die from Missy's help as you guys look around. This looks like a fairly automated but decent security storage unit place. For the most part, garages could fit a car. There's a row of garages on the the one side that are all lined up that are large enough to fit two cars in them side by side. And then there's a section of ones that are just lockers. They have keypads that have RFID sensors on them. And some of them have just normal padlocks on them. They are letters and numbers, so it's like A, 1 through 10, B, 1 through 10, depending upon which aisle you are in. There is a office building that is currently closed, as it's by now, given as people had to walk and stuff, probably closer to midnight. Not that that stops you guys from walking around here. Is there anything else specific you would like to know about the area while you guys are scoping it out? You said automated. What are the storage, the garage doors that we can see, like the the pull-down doors, and how are they locked with? Some of them are pull-down doors, like the single-car-sized ones. Mm -hmm. The bigger ones that are two-car-sized have a rolling door that is about the the width of it, and they have a normal walk-in person door. Mm Mm-hmm. The lockers are just kind of like in a bus stop where they are back from the area with a roof over top of them so that you can get in and out of them without being exposed to the elements, or at least the rain and snow and stuff. But they are secured with a mix of RFID pad and padlocks on some of them. That's pretty much all Missy's going to look about. She'll leave Art to do the rest, or? To look at the rest. How many living people are nearby on premises? There is a security guard that is in the office. He looks like a younger guy. He is wearing the uniform of a warning shot security officer, which is a private security firm that clearly does contracts elsewhere. Can I get Arthur to roll a politics plus intelligence? You're pretty sure that that security company is controlled, we'll call it, by somebody that's in the Camarilla. Well, we are in Camarilla territory. Mm -hmm. And given the advanced security systems and automation of this place, I would say that we are about to get into very big trouble. But I have to know. Meanwhile, 
Jimmy rolls up on his bike out front. Yeah, Jimmy rolls up. Yeah. So he drops his bike off across the street from the storage facility. Goes up to the office. Assuming the door is locked, he kind of just puts his hand on the glass door, trying to look in, see if he sees anyone. Art sees Jimmy kind of coming up to the front door because he was just checking out the guy inside. Do you do anything or you let Jimmy go on his way? I, you know, in a past life, I bet he drank bold coffee because he has no time for subtlety. I'm going to go intercept him. You just stage whisper into his ears. He's walking across the street. Don't move. Oh, fuck. Is that you, Art? Yes. I mean, no. But yes. Cool. All right. So what's the 401? What's going on? Well, I am very certain that the Camarilla uses this as their storage facility for many things. Why are we here? I uh, got a call from uh, a friend of mine who's part of the Camarilla that wanted to uh, get something picked up, but uh, she didn't have the keys. A member of the Camarilla talked to you directly to steal something from the Camarilla. Yeah. Huh. And what was it? A painting. Remember the, the, the name I gave you? Uh, Caroline. Caroline. He goes through his pocket, pulls out the business card. Uh, oh yeah, Caroline Davis. Yeah, it's a painting that she owns and someone wants it. Ah, well. There is a single security guard. There are many cameras. There are RFID tags. There are keypads. There are some physical locks. And getting in will be simple for the likes of us, but I have not yet found which of the storage units belongs to Miss Davis. Right. Did you do that, like, Hudson Hawk looping camera thing? Hudson? What? What? What is a Hudson Hawk? It's like this rad movie, man. You should go see it. Oh, movie. Ah, yes. Um, no, I will not see the Hudson Hawk movie. Uh, no, I am, I am the knight. I am, I am not seen by, by simple things such as cameras. Or the camera lila. Right, but I am. We, yes. But that is why I stopped you here before you stepped into the cameras, so I may do something about them. Right. Thanks about that. I'll just uh I'll go back to my bike. You can uh you can bug me when I'm when I'm good. Da. Alright. Unless I hear some screaming and then I'll come in and throw a punch or two. Um y- yes. Art's gonna sneak off because apparently he's gotta loop cameras and break into this place and shit. Missy, how you doing? Fine. She's just Waiting for Art to finish doing what he's doing. He went off and disappeared. Jimmy hasn't shown up yet. So you're just kind of like back in the lot somewhere? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know which one it is. As you're walking around, you're going to come down one of the rows of the double car wide storage units. Mm-hmm. And you're going to start to hear... 
a bit of static. Like when there's something not great about the phone line you're on, maybe when you're in a poor connection area on your little cell phone that you got. It's just something you hear. Okay. You wanted me to roll? You could roll, I guess, uh, resolve plus aspects. You can feel that it's coming from somewhere down this row. Move towards the sound to see what it is. You're going to find yourself between one of the double storage units and a single storage unit on the other side behind you. And it's just kind of, you're basically feeling sound, which is weird, but probably not the weirdest thing that has ever happened to her. Do you want to do anything or you just want to wait for Art and Jimmy? Text with my old cell phone. I can text Art since Lord knows Jimbo can't text him. Art, the location, because I assume I can see the storage unit. I'll uh, text him that number, and then I want to go and inspect the lock for that. There is a fairly fancy-looking padlock on it. Mm-hmm. And then there is a RFID beeper on it. Whether or not it is something that is engaged is a completely different story. They all have the little beep pads for the RFID tags. I can take care of the padlock, and then when Art shows up, he'll take care of the other one. Art, you receive a text message with the number AA11 and A11. AA11, A11. Yeah, which in your looking around, you know that the ones with the double letters are the double-sided storage units. I will send back KOMW fixing cameras, three separate texts. How do you plan on fixing the cameras? Well, the best place to fix cameras is typically in the security room. Mm Mm-hmm. I can loop the cameras from in there, or I can just cut the camera line, or I can steal the tape, or a combination of all three. So many options. I know. But all of these options are sadly inside. Right. How are you going to get inside? What do the entrances look like? Where is the entrance to the security room? The security room with the little guy is... On the front of it, it has the name and logo of the place, obviously, the phone number, the hours of operation. It has one of those push bar things on the opposite side of it, and it is a straight sheet of glass. On the one that's interior, it has a a big square pane of glass at the, the chest to the head level so that you can see in and out of it. It has a keypad beeper to unlock it so that employees can come in and out, that kind of thing, or people who have things. The front door also has a keypad thing, but it also has a traditional, like one of those heavy-duty kathunk locks that a lot of businesses will have. What else would you like to know about it? Is there a security camera that is nearby to the entryway that is just tall enough that if you... uh, Stood up, or I should say, if the security guard stood up on his tippy toes, that he could fix. You guys have time. You're on no kind of rush here. 
you could definitely find a camera that you can slightly adjust in which to summon him out. That is precisely what I'm going to do. I'm going to fix it as to summon him, and then I will wait next to the door, and when he steps out, I will step in. Sure. Do you want to give me a stealth roll real quick to get into the building? I do want to give you that stealth roll. Jimmy, you will see the security guard walk out the side door on the inside of the perimeter, and he starts walking off down down the lot. Just let him go. Jesse, you want to go ahead and roll your larceny plus dexterity? Successes. Take you a couple of moments. Meanwhile, inside, Art, can I get a intelligence and technology roll to adjust security feeds? Is there anything else you want to do while you're in here messing around with the computer system, or are you just going to... So the security system takes priority, but if I can get a master code, or at least the code to to the keypad that is at the target garage, I will snag that. If there's any juicy pay data that I can grab quickly, I will scan it. Taking care of the cameras, easy peasy. It's something you've done a number of times for a number of different people, specifically for these people on more than one occasion. In particular, you make sure to take care of the camera that points out front where Jimmy's just like walking up on the place and like stops in the middle of the road and like turns around and walks back. And you'll set them up so that they will not further impede your progress this evening. Looking through the details in here, you will find a key code for for the guard, and you'll be able to quickly make a copy of that. And you will know that the person that you're looking for is the the double A eleven, which is the one that Missy is currently picking the lock of. Okay. I assume you just wait for the guard to come back and slip out the same way. If he is still over there, then I'm going to slip out and let the door open and close and just get moving. Otherwise. Uh, actually, it probably broke your obfuscate the tippity tap around at the computer. It did. I'd have to start it back up. Sure. If you want to just pop out the door then and roll to go sneaky invisible again, uh, you may, may do so. Uh, yes, that is what I will do. Jimmy, you will see Art crack open a door and walk out, and then turn a corner, and poof. Sweet. Art told me that he's going to bug me while I'm ready to go in. So I'm waiting for that. Or if someone yells. I'll go grab Jimmy, and then we'll go to the unit where Missy is already doing the work on the padlock. Jimmy, can I get a stealth roll from you? Yeah, totally. Yeah, it starts off with Jimmy was uh, starting to sing to himself. I want to break free by Queen. And then he realized he should be sneaky. And uh, yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, no, it's not. And uh, the two of you guys or the the one of you guys will walk up. The other one will creep up being sneaky. 
and the other one invisible on the area where you will see Missy become visible as she futzes with a thing. As you're walking up, she is taking the padlock off of the the door here. And Missy, you see Jimbo. Hey, Jimbo. Oh, hey, Missy. So to the air, she'll just say to, hey, Art, I got this one undone, but you're going to have to do the other lock. Oh, yes, I, I saw you on the cameras. I've taken care of those, and I have just the thing for the other lock. And I'm going to use my security guard code. Give it a quick little boop, and it'll go from red to green, and you guys are able to push open the door. Hey, you guys, you know you're, you're rad, right? This is amazing work. Yes, well, this was very interesting. Piling into the room, shutting the door, and flicking on the lights, you're going to see a lot of very recent things. The items that you see in here haven't been sitting around for that long. There is a vehicle in here. It is pointed out, uh, like the front of it's pointed towards the door. There are shelving units across the back that have boxes of things. There are a couple of large, one would say painting size items that are just stacked up against the wall and coming out to a very large chest freezer that is closed up and has a chain around it with a lock. Oh dear. There's two dangling light bulbs from the ceiling that are the the sources of light in here. And Missy, as you get in here, you will feel that that humming static noise get a little louder. Where's it coming from within this uh the freezer? Let's go to the freezer. Walking around, you're going to see some of these things that are just very mundane and normal, but you're also going to see some things that are a little unusual, like stacking paintings for one. People don't usually store 20 of these things here. There are some books on a bookshelf that are more like library research or reference books than like novels or that kind of thing that you would read. And then on the bottom shelf of a bunch of books, there is a footlocker that is closed with a padlock on it. Going straight for that chest freezer. I figure Jimbo and Art will find the stuff that we need to get and the stuff that we can sell. But um, pretty much of a solo mind right here to just zero in on that sound and, and find out what it is. What are the rest of you guys doing? You said there's like a pretty obvious pile of paintings. Yeah. Yeah. So he's going to be searching through that for the painting he needs. Uh, but he's also going to be taking a quick look around to try and find something of some value. Can you give me like a wits plus awareness or investigation? Uh, three successes. Arthur, what are you up to in this, this little room as you see Missy head off? to take an interest in the chest freezer and Jimmy starts rifling through paintings. He's going to see Missy move towards the freezer and he's going to clear his throat and he will say it and it will break his veil. 
uh, misfit i i would not look at any freezer that you find within a storage unit there is not but bad tidings in a storage unit freezer oh uh, she's not going to listen to me she's not going to listen to you comrade missy say that she will respond with that, and then she'll say, you would want to know, too. Of course I'd want to know, too, but I also know that this is a bad idea. But it speaks to me, and so she just keeps going towards it. Ah, it speaks to you how? I can feel it. She's going to start touching it. Art's going to start looking at the car, the keys in it. We're going to have to make a quick exit. I just, he knows it. He knows it. You're going to, like, open up the car door and start rooting around in, like, the glove box and stuff? I am going to first check for the telltale light blip that says that the anti-theft system is engaged. This is an older car. There is no such electronics or stuff like that. Not like an older car like how Jimmy has an older car, but older in that it predates a lot of the electronics, the built-in GPS, that kind of stuff. This is the kind of car that the Camarilla approve of because it's easier to dispose of because you don't have to worry about somebody pulling a piece of it out and finding all the places you've been parked at. God, this whole thing stinks. If the car is unlocked, then yeah, we're going to start checking it out. Do you want to give me a roll of some kind? So I have some, some good news here for a couple of people. And then we'll find out what Missy is up to. The good news is that after some searching, Arthur, you will find a small envelope that has a key in it that's not attached to a key ring, but it has the appropriate paperwork for registration. It has a license in it. It is a middle-aged man like in his mid-40s, something like that. He looks very stern. Wrink, not like old people wrinkled, but like doesn't laugh, doesn't smile, just straight an angular face with lines that show that he's probably not smiled in a very long time. The name on the license is a Curtis Patnode. And it has a bunch of other details on it. You know that the address is also in Camarilla territory, but that's all that you know off the top of your head just because it's like a, a street address and stuff. Jimmy, on the other hand, after a, a couple of flips, like those big things that hold posters and the... Yeah. You just flip through, flip through, and you will be able to find the painting you are looking for. Pretty easy. Pull that guy out. So, was it framed? It is framed on a on a thick frame. All of these paintings here are framed. All right. So he pulls out his switchblade and cuts it out. Between the painting and the backing of it, as you slice it open and start to to pull it off, you're going to find one of those large document-sized manila envelopes. Well, that's clearly what she actually wants. So he's going to take that, too, putting it into his uh, jean vest. And also the painting, because, you know, exactly. Presumably, the paintings themselves would be worth something to somebody if you found somebody. 
probably not Sal. Are you specifically looking for something to sell to Sal or? Yeah, I know he buys electronics. I know he buys like random junk, but uh, I know he's not a painting person. So no, not not even close. Yeah. You're not going to find any electronics. There'll be no like boom boxes or computer pieces or things like that. But you will spot a jewelry box that is in here. Seems to be a bunch of men's jewelry. There's rings, there's some nice watches and some watch bands. Something that could could be sold for a bit of money. All right. He takes a fistful of the jewelry, puts them in his pockets. Sure. Maybe two fistfuls just to be safe. Yeah, just stuffs his pockets nice and full. Missy, you're staring at this chest. Yeah, my hands are going to curl under so I can open it up. I have to know what's inside making that noise. You can't open it up, unfortunately. It's locked. It's got a padlock on a chain around it. And this chain isn't just, like, wrapped around it, but it's, like, cross corner and back and forth a couple of times. Go to the lock and uh, pick it. Sure. Is that key I've got a car key specifically? It looks like a car key. It has the little doge. Yeah, it's a doge. All right. It's a dodgy. It's a doge, you know? Exactly. Arthur and Jimmy, you guys are up to your own uh, activities here, and I imagine it is. Jimmy turns around with a handful of rings or watches, and Arthur pokes his head up from the passenger side where he's got this envelope that has keys and paperwork. And you will see Missy has taken the lock off, thrown it to the ground, and it is just grabbed hold of these chains, is just quickly and violently grabbing them and throwing them around, trying to get into this chest. Are you guys doing anything, or are you going to let her do it? A pop in the trunk. Look at her out for a garage opener. We're going to have to bust our way out of here. I wanted to do it quiet. It's not going to be quiet. Fuck, Missy. We're trying to be quiet. Just just tone it down. She's got to get in. An octave. She's got to get in. Yeah, that's what she says. I have to know. It It speaks. It, it speaks. She's just... Okay, fine. Fine. Going to open it. Well, if you're going to be that loud, let's, like, get a pry bar, and we can, like, muscle it open. I don't think that uh, a pry bar would be necessary. He says as the next to last chain hits the ground, and it just crosses it. I told you so. Okay, I'm going to take a quick peek outside to see if anyone heard us. Jimmy moves over to the door and, like, pops it open, taking a quick peek. You don't see the signs of anybody that has noticed you, but you hear a loud thud as a roll of chain just slides off the side of this and hits the ground in a puddle. Missy, you're able to open the chest if you want. Yes, I want. Open, open. Okay. As you open, can you roll me wits plus awareness? Three successes. Inside, you will see the vague form of a person. They are wrapped several times in a tarp which has rope going around them and there are no other like it's just this guy or this person seems seems male but when you're wrapped in a bunch of tarps and ropes and stuff it's kind of hard to tell the one thing you will notice specifically is that in their chest there is a protrusion from the front and from the back 
Uh, is it the thing that's making the noise? It seems to be where this noise is coming from. Back over to Art. I found it. Misfit, what did you find? This guy here, he's making the noise. He's speaking to me. Oh, of course. See, there is a man. He is making the noise. I will have to remember this for the podcast later. All right, let's see what you have found. I'm leaving the trunk open because for some reason I feel like I'm going to have to throw a body back there and then peel out. Art leans over and he sees the tarp and the protrusion. Mm-hmm. Looks at the ID in his hand, back of the tarp. You'll know. That looks like he has a stake in his chest. She'll go to kind of move the tarp off of his face to see his face. You would have to, like, rip through the tarp because it's, like, over his head and then it's, like, tied around his neck. A storyteller, I don't think she cares. <laughs> I mean, we can easily ride that that crit, that bestial crit. Yeah, we can ride that as she calls you over. And Art, you will see her eyes get a little glaze of the madness that is very common to her as she goes down and grabs at his head and begins to pull it as you would opening a bag of potato chips. But you will, with the beast pushing you along, grab hold of around this person's head and begin to pull, just digging your nails into it. Art, you will watch as the tarp begins to stress and strain, get those nice white marks across it before it rips open a little bit. She gets her hands in there and starts pulling on it open. And inside is a very pale face of a man with wild, straggly, dirty hair that does not look like the person on your ID that you have. This is somebody else. Well, that is a small comfort. I'm just going to look the guy over. He is probably also laying with his mouth open and and has his fangs extended. So he's very, uh, if the steak wasn't enough, the, <laughs> the fangs are a clear. Uh, yes. Now, if I was a betting man, if we removed this steak, he would probably be very angry and try to eat somebody. And I know that there is a security guard just down the way. We would not have to worry about him anymore. But if I keep this in, I save a life tonight. I don't know, Mr. Man. I am torn. Uh, Miss Fit, what do you say? How big is the freezer? It's big. It's big enough to fit like a, you know, six foot tall dude in it with some space on the extra sides. So it's big enough for Missy to climb in and hunker down and get a better look at him? Yeah, you can very easily get inside and straddle the corpse and... Look and, and see anything else. And Is he wearing anything like around his neck? I'm not going to like pull the stake out or anything, but I want to just see a little bit more of him. Because right now... I don't see why that noise is happening. I want to know what that noise is. I want to know why he's talking to me. Are you so you're ripping the tarp off the rest of his body or are you just patting him down? Ripping the tarp down probably to expose the stake chest up kind of a thing. 
as you get down to the stake, it'll take you a second as you look at it, and you will see that it is the handle of a wooden baseball bat, which most of you probably know one of the sheriff's preferred methods of torporing someone is beating the shit out of them with a baseball bat and then staking them with the handle. Because eventually that bat's going to break. This Good is- evening. <laughs> I am Craig, and I want to be creepy. <laughs> uh... This is April 29th, 2020, Surprise Vampire Session 1, the introduction. Or, as I am going to take the joke before somebody else, the Vampirimer. Nice. (laughs) Which needs to be a name that I'm going to use for, like, the intro episode. Perfect. You need to write that down so I know when I name this episode. Oh, I know. No, no, not for this, but for the, like the, hey, this is Vampire. This is a little bit how the rules work. This is a little bit about the setting and lore. Oh, this so. is your Vampirimer. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then uh, see where that takes us. As this is the first time we're meeting all of these characters and these, well, I would say wonderful people, but we know that they are not, for they are monsters, and this is the world of darkness. I mean, let's be honest, the players have been playing terrible people for years now, so none of you should be surprised by this. Unless you're a Uh, first-time listener, in which case, hi. (laughs) Uh, Bruno is a stand-up member of society. That is a lie. That was debated today, and I think proven to be a lie, yes. No, you are a lie. really happen in place. It was radical. Am I missing any other words to describe it in there, Jimmy? Tubular. And bodacious. <laughs> you say it with so much enthusiasm. <laughs> Having uh, an argument with someone. I don't think there's anything interesting. If you had nothing you were going to wow. do to... Well, I'm sorry. Somebody was like, yo, I'm going to go walk the beat. I'm going to go figure out what's going on. I'm going to go plant some listening devices. He was like, let me do some stuff. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not a go-getter. God. Do I have to do a rouse check? To do what? All right. Cool. What are you doing? I'm hanging out, doing what I do, which is a shiftless layabout street urchin life. It's pretty great. (laughs) Sure, sure. That's fine. And then. But he's going to head over to go see Lady Fina. Do you have the scene I'm picturing to myself right now is the Michael Keaton Batman, the first one, where Joker is in the the art gallery and he's got his goons and one of the guys is just walking around carrying the boombox for him. Are you taking your goons or do you just leave the boombox? Oh, I leave the boombox. I don't. Have, they don't have to take along with me. I'm okay. I'm in the mall. No one really messes with me here. Because it's your mall. Exactly. The paintings of a landscape, but it prominently features these red... It looks kind of... How would you describe what that plant looks like? 
be good at it. Imagine that you're describing this to somebody who is red, green, colorblind. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, for sure. And it requires a nickel to use. Because it's authentic. Exactly. I saw you guys talking about uh, Lucky Sal earlier. Do you have any ideas on who and what he looks like? So I'm not sure if we wanted to go with that slimy greaseball kind of guy or if we wanted to do something else. Because that is a little cliche. I'm not sure if we wanted to go down that route. I'm okay with him being on the middle-aged side, but doesn't have to be slimy greaseball, but he can be more of that energetic, kinetic kind of energy that always has a a deal working. Yeah. Isn't that, that Simpsons guy, Sal, or... Like the that salesman that always is failing at everything because someone comes in Gil. and steals his line. Gil. Gil. Yeah, it's Gil. Yeah, but Sal's not failing. Gil is. Uh, yeah, but I picture that's what he looks like. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, so we'll, we'll go with part Gil, part... Uh, what's the guy's name from Family Guy that sells the volcano insurance? Uh, you lost me. I have no clue. I don't even know what you're talking. Oh God, I just see the picture. Um, I don't see a name for him though. He may not. Uh, not Jim Kaplan. Hmm. Unless that's just his. No, that's apparently his his name. He's. He will strain himself to put a piece of a car on the counter. He has the mechanic specialty, so do I roll? Sure. I know nothing about vehicles, but somebody has suggested that it is a rotator splint. What is a rotator splint? It's um, uh, a splint that rotates, clearly. Um, <laughs> I just see pictures of people with arm things. A rotator splint doesn't exist. Oh. It is a four-barrel carburetor for a 1985 IROC-Z. Yeah, he tells you that In that's... In real a- life, I am a car person. <laughs> How convenient. <laughs> um, Missy knows how to hide herself and, and stay unseen. Oh, Jimmy's great at that, too. Hmm. Yeah, uh, is he though? Uh, is he though? And meanwhile, <laughs> I have made it an art. <laughs> oh God! Meanwhile, art is the knight himself. Is is the knight? <laughs> he was an '80s kid and rode his bike everywhere. But as a grown-ass man, he should be driving his car. Well, his car is currently being worked on. So, yeah. So you got to do what you got to do. Is it like the BMX bike and everything? Oh, yeah, for sure. Good. Is it like a good bike or is it just like the bike that you've probably had for years? Um, no, he went down to one of the skate parks and just took a random BMX bike. Wow. Just I mean, stole he didn't just from some kid. <laughs> yeah, why not? I'm bigger than you. Shut up, kid. Yeah? Isn't that what um, everyone does? Where do BMX bikes come from? 
they just show up at these parks and I take them. <laughs> Somebody's got to buy them somewhere, so. That humming static noise. Get a little louder. Where's it coming from within this? Uh... The freezer. The freezer. <laughs> Let's go to the freezer. It is framed on a on a thick frame. All of these paintings here are framed. All right. So he pulls out his switchblade and cuts it out. Oh, very interesting. Cool. Um. She said she wanted the painting, not the frame. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's how you steal paintings. Is you literally <laughs> cut it true. out from the frame. Missy, do you do you have anything to say? As you're standing next to this, and he's just like, and starts. No. Okay. Um, Jupiter does, but Missy doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. um, Cool. Uh, Not at all what I was expecting you to do. And it is 20 after 11. So it is. So Mm -hmm. I, I feel like this might be a good opportunity as more terrible evidence comes to light. Yay! Terrible evidence for terrible people. Yeah, I mean, what's the worst that could happen? I mean, we're already encroaching on Camarilla <laughs> territory. We just found one of the sheriff's uh, little prison cells, and we broke into it. And now this dude totally knows we're here. Now, he owes us a solid if we let him out. But then we're in trouble. Um... You mean the guy in the the chest yeah. that was you a solid? In the, yeah, uh, in the freezer. He's frozen solid, but if we let him go, yeah. he'll owe us a solid. Very true. Uh, I am Bams, and I am your storyteller, and I am joined by my wonderful cast. I'm Jupiter, and I play Missy, the forever teen misunderstood emo Malkavian. Hi, I'm Oz. I play... Arthur Subchak, the Nosferatu. <laughs> I'm Tom, and I play Jimmy, the best Toreador from the 80s. <laughs>